Fine, all right, here we go. Continuing with the difference between the Umos Ha'olam and the Jewish people in the second Chalik, the fourth Perik of Der Hashem. We are in the middle of Os Hay, where we are discussing the unique status that Avram Avinu gained for himself and for his offspring. Sorry, this might be. And we have a question right off the bat. This might be more of a a side question um, and more of an overarching thing. What What do you feel like is the best way for us to gain from this time that we have right now? uh, That we're here with you in terms of like what what do we what should be the goal of of what we're gaining from each class? What what do we should should there be a takeaway? Should there be just a general idea of okay, these are this is good general knowledge of, of like a foundation to build in Judaism. What what should be the purpose? I think of so. Process? I think so. That uh, I think that that last one was the correct uh, answer. Uh, Der Hashem is in, the Ramchal writes in the in the introduction to Der Hashem mm-hmm. that um, it, it's exactly what you said. You know, a overall um, vision of. Um, Judaism of what of what the Torah um, teaches us about all of, exi- of about our lives, right? About so, the, are these facts that we should be remembering then, or are these things that should actually be changing our life in some way? Well, so we I, I think the point is that the more you remember them and are cognizant of them and try to live with them, certainly, mm-hmm. right? Then certainly they will uh, make a big difference. But uh, uh, this is not a Musa book in right, the I sense understand. of this is not yeah. like a Musa charm um, where we're looking to uh, change ourselves. This is this is a uh, date was called Deus Vemunus. Uh, this is things that we believe, things that we know, and things we believe in. Like he starts the whole safer with. Every Jewish person has to believe and know. Right, so we want to work. We want to work on that. Because I do feel like that after each, during each class or each time that we have, that I'll think, okay, that's a different way of looking at something, in, in a, about something maybe I thought I knew about, but beyond that thinking differently or asking questions about so it. so I'll tell you that when we were when we were just uh, actually going to open this colo uh, so I as so I spoke I went I actually took took some of the Avraham as well we went through Gershenfeld with Roosevelt Schwartzman um, to discuss this the kind of interesting aspect about our colo mm-hmm. that we that we also in Hashkafa and you know why why that's so important and they both express the same Point that um, only w- the entire concept of Avodos Hashem, and really this is the the Ramchal's um, main thrust in the Hagdama to Mesulsi Sharm, is he says to become a chassid, um, which means going beyond just kind of looking to stay away from Averis and doing the things that you're obligated in doing, right? If you're looking to just put on fill in the morning and you know, mumble whatever it is that you've been commanded to mumble, right? And uh, stay away from eating pork. You probably can manage to do that without learning the Derech Hashem and the Muslim Sharm, right? So the what we're what we're going for is something beyond that. So the so the Ramchal and the Hagdama to 
So he says really that, that to become that, to become a chassid, a person has to become very, very well-versed in the spiritual realms. And these are very complicated things, things that need a lot of introspection, a lot of learning and understanding. A person has to be a real chacham in it. I guess I, I'm trying to make sure that this is more than something that I'm showing up for on a regular basis. So that's so, what so I'm saying. So, so should I be doing Chazara on this? Because I feel like some of the concepts... Absolutely. So, I understand, but like some, some of the concepts, like you're saying, are like really, really deep. And so the great thing about the Derech Hashem is yeah. that even though the concepts are really, really deep, yeah. but he also says them over in a very... You know, just there is a simple understanding that you can have, you know, that you can grasp and hold on to. And that and that's important to walk away because once you do that, it changes a person's entire perspective on the world, mm-hmm. right? Let's say understanding the things that we're learning right now. These are these are absolutely life changing, right? Without even thinking about it as I have to behave differently now and this. Just the, the, if you, mamin If you believe and you know the things that we're discussing, that we're going to be discussing today, right? That will automatically make you different. Would it make sense for at the end of the share or during the share that you bring up points to say, okay, this is something I feel like that you should review to like spell it out? Does that make I sense? Think it's, I, think it's all, I think it should all be reviewed. Everything that we say here should be reviewed and known. I'm okay. serious. I understand. It's, once a week for 45 minutes, you can review the whole thing. Okay. Talk to Josh. He'll, uh, he'll set up a harusa with you. Okay, fine. So, um, we pointed out that Avram Avinu, um, from all the people, merited to become, to be the one chosen due to his deeds, to be the one chosen to um, come back to the level of true Adam, Adam, um, the way that he was meant to be, and everyone else stayed on the low level that they were that they had fallen after the hate of Adam Rishon. Um, now, we discussed the seeming contradiction between being chosen and for one's deeds, mm-hmm. right? One's deeds uh, implies that it's what's called in the realm of Hanhagas HaMishpat. It's you get what you deserve, judgment, right? If you're uh, depending on the level of righteousness is what a person will receive. So Avram Avinu was the biggest tzaddik around, and that's why he, uh, you know, reached this level of uh, being an Adam Atem, Atem Karuim Adam, Velo Umos Olam, says the Gemara Nivamos, right? Becoming an Adam. On the other hand, being chosen, Nivchar, we discussed, is more from the perspective of the chooser, right? Um, as well illustrated by a Chasun Vakala, right? Uh, when he chooses between the, you know, this color or that color, he chooses one of them. It's uh, not to say necessarily that one of them is just objectively better, right? It's it's this is what he prefers. This is his own unique thing. So we discussed that this is more from what's called the Hanhagas Yihud, the where Hashem has a pre has a foreknowledge of everything, Yidia, right, coming into apparent conflict with Bechira, and that's just something that the Rambam and Hilkos Tshuva says we have to live with, uh, that both are true, right? So, we pointed out that on the one hand, um, 
in the Chumash it's pretty clear Avram Avinu was chosen for nothing, right? Just out of the blue. Lech lecha, right? Go, and I'll make you into a great nation, etc. Maral is medayik that. On the other hand, um, you know, we see that he was uh, very meritorious. Um, and the, the Ramchal telling us over here that he exceeded everybody. And they're both true. Okay, now we're about to see the same thing again. So uh, we left off saying that once Avram Avinu became the chosen one, so everyone uh, else could only um, reach that level of Adam by uh, doing the equivalent of a graft, where a branch is broken off of that tree and grafted onto the tree of Avram Avinu, right? Mm-hmm. But they could no longer become a root tree themselves. Um, however, the the Ramchal shows that just like this happened on a on a macrocosmic level with Avram Avinu um, and all the other forefathers of all the nations, it's going to happen. It, a similar thing needs to happen again on a more microcosmic level because the main branches of Klausrel, namely the six hundred thousand hidden that left Mitzrayim, have to form a nation. So this is, again, there's another uh, uh, formative stage happening over here. Okay, and that is um, the, the receiving of the Torah. Very apropos that we're discussing that today, being that we are less than a week from Shavuos, Matan Torah. Yeah? So, uh, the Torah was given to these 600,000 root souls in Klausrel, and everyone else is going to be kind of, in one way or another, an extension of them. That is the completion of the formation of the Jewish people. And the truth is that we see this already in Maise Bereshis itself. Maise Bereshis, Adam is made, and that, uh, when Hashem saw Adam, that's what, that's what uh, made that the rest of the Bria was... Tov Me'od, right? And yet it says, Yom Hashishi, alluding to the fact that all of this was still waiting for the final completion, which is Matan Torah. So there is the completion on the level of my separation, the completion of the creation of man. But then there's another, which Avram Avinu kind of came back to that on a certain level, right? He came back to that level on a certain level. But then there's, there's the, still the need to complete that further with Matan Torah. Okay? So, uh, and that's why, over here we're going to see that Hashem again opened up the opportunity for the Umos HaOlam to come back to the level of being Adam um, with Matan Torah. So he just says, it was this unbelievable chesed that Hashem did, and he gave them one more chance, and offered them the Torah, and if they would have accepted that, then they would have um, had a tremendous ascent. Um, but instead, they again uh, missed that opportunity. They uh, did not accept the Torah, like Rashi brings. Hashem offered the Torah to the different nations. They didn't accept it, and that's it. That's, that's, that's the end of, uh, of the, you know, that last try.
So it was the only opportunity for them to become a part of Christ, or did they have an opportunity? No, to like start as themselves, right? As okay. themselves, and then they would, so then we're pointing out that it's kind of strange. Meaning, what is a second chance type of a thing, right? If, if you're saying Hashem gave twenty generations, I mean that's that's a long time, twenty generations to to make it, right? So if you didn't make it, okay, fine. You know what? Um, another another six generations later, we'll give you one more chance, right? Like whoa. Where is that coming from, right? So, but once we say, no, 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 Kalaswell themselves, on some level, are now becoming a nation, right? Until then, we were 12 tribes, descendants of, uh, of Yaakovinu, right? But uh, we had to go through something like, we mentioned this last time, something like a Gerus, something like a conversion, right? Uh, the the, the Gerus wasn't an absolute Gerus, because, of course, we didn't, break off our former ties with Avram, Music and Yaakov, right? We are still uh, descendants of them. But on the other hand, it's a formation of a new nation. We're becoming now uh, Klausrel, which we were not until then, right? So being that that's what's happening w- with Torah, so the Kumos also had the chance. Yeah. On a deeper level, the Torah is the Kli'umnus with which Hashem created the world. It's the blueprint that Hashem looked into and created the world. The, that's why it's reminiscent of my Sabratius. By Yom HaShishi, Shishi Shal Sivan, the sixth day of Sivan, right? That is alluding to that in the creation of the world itself, there has to be some something left for Mat Torah, right? So therefore, just like Klausel are being finished in our formation, being formed as a nation um, at Matan Torah, so too the Umus Olam had a chance. Now, when we say the Umus Olam had a chance, the Ramchal says the Umus Olam had a chance, right? We know that um, Chazal say that when when Hashem came to uh, Yishmoel and offered them the Torah, they said, what's, what's in it? So, uh, so uh, they were told not to steal, right? So how can it be? The whole, our whole entire um, bracha is to, you know, is is you know, the his Yishmael's hand is going to be on his fellow, right? He's going to be always somehow crossing boundaries, right? So, so you want me to act against my nature, right? So the morale, number of places explains this midrash. Same thing with Esav, that really they did not have the the DNA, the the, the spiritual um, preparation to be able to receive the Torah, right? So then you're going to ask, oh, so if that's the case, it's kind of just a uh, just a token, right? Just like, oh, here I offered it to you. Well, not really, but uh, but, but kind of I did, right? So then we're going to come back. And we're going to say what we said last week. No, it's not. One is Yidiyah, one is Bechira, right? Uh, just like with Avraham and, and the other people, right? Saying, oh, Avraham is the one with special Neshama, not, not everybody else. So it's a, so it's a rigged uh, race from the beginning. No, it's, it's, not, it's not rigged. On our perspective, when it was happening, as it was happening, everybody felt what's going on. Everybody knew Kassel just left Mitzrayim. Everybody could feel that there's a, divi- there's a divine hand in the world, right? And that there's something happening here, and, and that they felt that they, you know, maybe should, uh, 
accept that upon themselves on some le- you know, whatever level that would have been at. Right? Now, um, Hashem in his, uh, in his in his wisdom, knowing the intricacies of the souls of the of the people, you know, so to speak, he he knew that they w- that it wouldn't be. But from our perspective of Bechira, there still was a choice. Okay. Now, so so again, the same thing that we said last time with choosing Avraham, right? And now with choosing Klausel at Har Sinai versus and not the other nations. Same thing again, Yidia. It was already in the cards beforehand, but Bechira, everyone had the choice, and, and, and they chose what they chose. Um, now, as far as what it is that they could have chosen, certainly does not mean that they could have chosen to accept the Torah, um, you know, the, and we would all be equal, we all, it would be... Uh, Jewish people would not be special in any way, right? The, the Hashem already promised Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Um, you know, it would be, be through them and everything. Um, you know, but, but but on some level, they could have they could have had the Torah. They could have had a sheiches to the Torah. On some level, that that would have been uh, something. They also had the opportunity to become gay, right? Not not gayrim, not gayrim. Here we're not here. Not talking about them becoming gayrim. We're talking about here them becoming uh, as a nation right as a nation being people who also have some sort of a level of the Torah right um, and that's what he concludes with that once they made that bad decision then that's it it was closed permanently and then now the only thing left is is the Gerim route which Gerim again we've explained means you know, uh, the grafting of the branch from the one tree to the other. And that might be better, though, right? For some people. Oh, I mean, if they actually join Kaiser well, as opposed to just being another nation to the side, right? I mean, even though, you know what I mean? I mean, if I was I there, I would have taken the I mean, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know what I, mean? I hear. I hear what you're saying. Um, listen, Gerim is a complicated thing because, on the one hand, it's a tremendous merit to be misguided, so for any particular person is misguided, it's a tremendous merit. On the other hand, of course, it's a pretty um, harsh thing for, you know, it's like a person pre- breaking away from their family, from their from their um, relatives, from their from, from their nation, from everything, right, and becoming a, a foreigner where, um, you know, they, they really um, don't have a place in cause. What shavit are they from? In the encampments in the in the midbar, right? Which uh, which which camp did they did they sleep in? Right? It's, uh, it's not a simple thing. It's uh, there's conflicting chazal about um, do you know, is it viewed by us as as a positive or a negative thing? Because right? the answer is both. Okay, um, and uh, so okay, so this was all the second stage of creation, so to speak, we have the physical creation of Kalasrael, which comes from Avram Avinu, right? And then we have, the, so to speak, the spiritual creation of Kalasrael, which is um, at Matan Torah. Okay. One thing I'm going to clear on before you continue, it went, if the other nations, any of the other nations would have accepted the Torah, they would not be on the same level still of Kal Yisrael? That's right. They would not have been. Wait, is this assuming that Kal Yisrael also accepts the Torah to a certain extent, or even if they Say, don't no, no, accept no. the Torah? No. Uh, if Kal what they were being offered was not to become the chosen nation. Right. What they were being offered was to also be 
have some portion in the Torah, mm-hmm. but uh, right, right. you know, Kalsal was still going to be. They're always going to be well, a chosen nation. Well, again, assuming we would say Nasev Nishma, and again, without getting into the conflict of Bechir and Yidia, right? Yeah. On the one hand, that was always going to be the case from the very beginning of the creation of the world. And On the other like hand... It's always going to be the case with the other nations that they work to a, to a certain extent, right? Right. Right, okay. I guess okay. there was this like slight chance that they could have connected to Claudius Israel on some higher level. Yeah, when you say slight chance, I just want to make sure that that's not the way to... You know, you, we're not trying to resolve the paradox between Yidhi and Bechira. We still have to say that there's still some level of Bechira that they have, right? So I'm explaining. We have full Bechira, and yet Hashem totally knows that it's not going to happen. Okay, right. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of trying to resolve it by saying, well, they have a little bit of Bechira, and Hashem kind of knows, but not really, right? I mean, that's, uh, you're trying to water down those two extremes. They're two extremes. It's, it's, a, it's a paradox. Right, it's difficult to understand that. Yes, yeah, so, okay. Right, okay. Yeah. So, retroactively it's not difficult. I mean, once the moment of Bechir has passed, and now it worked out exactly the way that Hashem, so to speak, that we can see in the Torah that it was meant to be, then, then it's, not, it's not difficult. It's just, it, at the time it's difficult, at the time that they are, are having the Bechira, that, that's difficult. Okay. Okay. It's a good way to view it. Uh, yeah, 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 it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Os Vov. Um... I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I thought it was it's looking at it a vacuum. Like it, they still had a chance to make the choice. Meaning, after the fact, like we do from, from having hindsight, they made the wrong choice. But it's like they never really had the choice to begin with. Maybe in that moment, it looks like they did, so to speak. But they never. You, you can't really say, "Oh, if only they would have done something differently." There was no. They could have yeah. done something. I think we should. No matter the more you think about it, the more the more you realize that it's. An irreconcilable um, dichotomy. Okay. Yeah, that's. You just have to take. In the meantime, you can just take the Rambam's word for it, right? And just two systems. Each one of you, if you look at it, it works. But how the two can work together, only Hashem's infinite knowledge knows. We we don't understand it. Okay. Ozvov says that again. So basically, what happened is other mission was created on a very high level. Then only due to the hate of Adam Rishon is he fell. Umo Solom said on that level, Avram Avinu came back, I don't know, not entirely, but at least to the ability to serve Hashem on a, on a level of Adam. Um, so really, the Umo Solom, what they are today, that should have never been. Humanity should have never been on that level. It should have been, if not for the hate of Adam Rishon, it should have been on a high level. So what now? Does this mean now? Hashem says, fine. So then you guys are, forget about you. I'm not interested in you. No, Hashem doesn't say that. So Hashem still left for them, number one, seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach. Right? Hashem gave them seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach. Of course, um, this was already put into place you know, back in uh, with Noach. Um, that, or the, the truth is even... even uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, that's one thing, and the by doing these mitzvahs, so the Ramchal says that the that the nations of the world can get for themselves good things for their 
physical well-being and for their spiritual well-being as well. So mitzvahs are good, they're healthy for them. We're not talking about Olam Haba right now, we'll discuss what they're going to get in Olam Haba for keeping the Shem Mitzvahs with Noach. We're discussing right now what happens to them in Olam Haza. By uh, doing mitzvahs is a healthy thing, healthy for a person both physically and spiritually. Um, it takes away some of the negative drives, etc. Um, and uh, again, this was all kind of, um, you know, all these possibilities of how Hashem will react, what, what Hashem will do, what kind of tikkunim He's going to put into place to fix things up uh, in case humans, uh, Adam, serve the way He does. That was all pre- prepared, there's no surprise that Hashem wasn't anticipating, right, so again, I so what if Adam would have never done it, okay, so Hashem knew what, what Hashem, what Adam will do, even though Adam had free will, okay, so it's a similar situation with Matzah and Torah, then, in terms of how Kalei also, always the same thing, what, Yid Bechira, no, everything I mean, operates yes, on those two levels, but, it, but was, so, I guess what, what, I, what I was going to ask is, is, was there a further parallel in terms of the Avera that they, how they committed the Avera versus Adam? They Clarice being, uh, which Avera? Because they, I guess, the golden calf, right? We're not, talk, we're, not, we're not talking about the golden calf right now. Right, but they could have reached a higher level. Oh. The same level, right? True. So, is there a similar setup in terms of... That's, uh, Let's let's hold that thought. We, 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 we will discuss it later on, but let's right now not involve that, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the main thing that so so what we what we take away is now that's in Olamazeh. So in Olamazeh, the Umos, all the nations of the world, if they do mitzvahs, seven mitzvahs of Noach, then it is good for them, good for them physically, good for them spiritually. What about Olam Haba? So we mentioned this last time. Chazal say the Olam Abba was the the truth of Olam Abba. I mean, the real Olam Abba was created only for the tzaddikim, the heim bnei Israel. Who are they? They are bnei Israel. That's that's what the real Olam Abba is. The Gemara Bracha says, "Ein larosa kim." No eye ever saw means no even even no prophetic eye. There's no prophecy even about how great Olam Abba is. But that is only the true Olam Abba. The Olam Abba. Of Talmidei Chachamim, Tzadikim, Chasidim, great people. However, um, you know the the some of the descriptions that we do have of a much of, of that would be called of Chelik in Olam Haba, where a person gets to share in Olam Haba. Who are those people? So I mentioned that last time. That would be either Rishoyim of Bnei Yisrael, people who. Uh, uh, are, are not meritorious, but they still are ma'aminim in the Yud Gimel Ikrim, they still do have a portion in, in, in Olam Abba, right? Or Hasidi Umos Olam, again, for, because of the fact that they facilitate, just like the... Um, we understand that in order for Klausel to do what they do, 
there's a need for a, I don't know, doctors, hospitals, uh, scientists, whatever, all these things. So if they do it in mind that that they're doing it to create a functioning world where there can be law and order and good things, and this is for the sake of God, then they get to have a chilek in Olamabo. But that is not the true Olamabo. That's... Um, that's that's Os Zayn. Um, okay, Os Ches. Now we're going to talk about the differences in Hashgacha that, that there is between the Umus Olam and us, and basically the fundamental difference is how personal the relationship is, right? With every one of the nations of the world, Hashem set up a, uh, an, an angel to run to run that that, uh, that that nation, to be in charge of them, to supervise and guide them. And uh, the truth is that we allude to this in every bracha. The Golan says that we allude to this in every single bracha. If you want to review, we say, Baruch atah Hashem, Elokeinu. Elokeinu means our God. And our means personal, and that means someone who is supervises absolutely everything. Hashgacha Pratis, Melech Haolam, King over the world. That's a very general king. He's not necessarily involved in every single detail of of, uh, of every subject in his kingdom, right? He just sets up the rules, and then and then the, the subjects uh, already they kind of you know may do to the best of their abilities with with what's going on. So Ramchal says the same thing is here. That the the angels uh, can run the um, affairs of the nations of the world, right? Whereas with us, there's a unique relationship where Hashem Himself is involved. Um, not to say that Hashem is not aware of anything that's happening with anyone else, but to say that it works differently. A beautiful, beautiful way to see this is the we, we see what Kassel sin. With um, with the Chet Eagle, so uh, Hashem says, "Okay, I said I'm not going to be leading you anymore. I'm not going to be in your midst because uh, you know, basically, if you do such things, I I would just get uh, angry and destroy you. Rather, I'm going to pull away and I'm going to have my angel. It's a particular angel, a very high level angel. Uh, we won't get into exactly what his name is, um, but leading you." To Eretz Yisrael, and Moshe Rabbeinu davens tremendously, and basically says that listen, with, with this angel, um, you know, if we do something wrong, he, he'll he'll punish us. Whereas with you, we could we could we could plead for forgiveness, so we could receive forgiveness. And Hashem acquiesces and comes back. So the it seems to be a, a contradiction. Which one is it? What's what's more uh, dangerous? So to speak, what's harsher to have Hashem in your midst or to have this angel in your in your midst? So the Shari Or explains, Rav Yosef Jekatilia explains that the, it's 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 just different. The angel has certain instructions, certain guidance. What he does, he has a lower sensitivity to people misbehaving. Means to say. Um, if, if, the, if the divine presence itself is amongst us, Hashem kind of holds us to a higher standard. 
than, than the angel does. If Hashem is not there and the angel is there, it's, it, it would be a lower standard. Right? So you're less likely to elicit uh, a, a, a punishing response. On the other hand, if, if, if uh, someone does cross the line, then the angel is just going to punish, and he, he's not someone who is going to be able to display mercy. Right? Imagine if you, you're in a particular difficult situation, whatever it may be. So if you're talking to an employee, they're going to say, listen, I'm sorry, I can't help you. This is what I have to do. I, I have to repossess the car, right? That's, that's my job. Right? Whereas if you're talking to the owner of the company, so he could say, okay, fine, whatever. I'll let you off the hook this time. Right? So, too, uh, the difference in Hashem and, and, and uh, dealing to an angel is, on the, uh, like we said, on the other hand, Hashem uh, being in our presence and we go and we behave in an appropriate way, that's much worse. So, it's kind of more dangerous to have that. On the other hand, though, if, if it's Hashem, you can potentially um, get tshuva. You, you, you get, get atonement. You can get forgiveness um, more readily than you can if it's, if it's to an angel. So that's, that's a nice um, example to see the difference between what it means to have Hashem running your life versus to have an angel running your life. Is it more, there's a rule book which is happening, or is it more that, that, there's, a, that there's a personal relationship? Okay, that's Os Ches, and uh, we'll try in the last five minutes to cover Os Tes as well, but it's Hashem. Um, so, over here, we, we, we mentioned that a person going through the day, right, uh, in the beginning we were talking about takeaways that one can have, especially uh, with Shavuos coming upon us with Matan Torah, right? So, person uh, contemplates the fact that with us being chosen as the, as the nation, so Hashem, so to speak, set up a reverse marionette uh, situation, right? A marionette is, you have some sort of uh, strings up on top, tied to a doll, right? And you move the, and you move the strings up on top, and the doll moves its hands and feet, right? So that's, we spoke about that before, with the kohos on the dolem, sending down hashpo, down to the um, lower realm, that was back in Chelek Aleph, Perk Hey, right? Um, but Adam, and here we see this Adam means Adam, Atem Karuim Adam, Vlaumus Olam means Klausel, are actually have the reverse marionette scenario, which is when we move things down here, that causes changes in the spiritual realms. And so to a certain extent, Hashem has kind of handed over the control over how much, how much spirituality, how much ashpo, how much brocha is going to be in the world. He handed that over to us, depending on our actions. That's what's going to happen, um, which is not the case with Umus Olam. So this is an important distinction. With the nations of the world, although by doing mitzvahs, they um, make themselves better, they improve themselves, both physically and spiritually, and as well as earning themselves a chalik and olam But they cannot affect positive changes in the world. They cannot improve the world, they cannot fix the world, not 
the, the spiritual world meaning. Um, and their actions do not have that far-reaching consequence. Only we have that. That's why we're called bar mitzvah, or a person who has been commanded in the mitzvah, and therefore through these mitzvahs we can we can change the world. So wait, not in physical or spiritual, in terms of their effect. The, the mitzvahs themselves do not do not the mitzvahs that the nations do. Well, they actually, I mean, they can build a bridge, they can build a road. No, 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 I'm saying because with Noah, or not with Noah, yeah, yeah, with Noah, right? The, the, the animals started to act like them. And, uh, that, was before, that was before the determination. That was before be, uh, uh, the, the determination of who's who. And I have two minutes to finish. Let me just uh, make a beeline, then we can discuss it. So... Um, the the spiritual changes that happen in the world mm-hmm. due to human actions that's unique to cholesterol. Okay, um, w- with the with the umos olam that does not happen, um, but again it it, it still does uh, do good things for themselves, and that's what uh, even to the extent of the nefesh Chaim says that when Titus Harasha. Um, destroy the base of Migdish, right, so he quotes a Chazal, that he was uh, he ground, already ground up rocks, means the only way the base of Migdish could be destroyed is if it was already spiritually in a state of ruin, and then he could come along and ruin it, but to make a spiritual change, there was a base of Migdish, now it's not going to be a base of Migdish, due to Titus, no, that's impossible. Right? And then afterwards, the Nevesh Chaim works to explain. So the, that's the case. Why is he punished at all for it? Why is he even punished for it? It was the Jewish people, through our own actions, that we destroyed the base of Middash. What, what did he do that even do? Shlech assumes that he still did it. But if he didn't, he didn't, what did he do? Right? It could have been anybody else, but he was the one that ended up being... That's true, but what did he do? If you're just grinding ground-up stuff, are you allowed to grind up ground-up stuff on Shabbos? He did, yes. He did the final hammer blow. He did the fi- finishing time. But if it's... If it, if it's, gr- if it's a, if it's already ground up, so it's ground up. Then in the physical world, you have to do something oh, to it. Okay, so we have to understand why that carries significance. Again, he gives an answer. You, you, you don't have to right now spoil the fun for everybody. I know you know, but Nevesh Chaim spends like a page or so explaining this. So, um, so and then he finishes off with a statement that nonetheless, um, you know, Hashem can get personally involved in a particular um, non-Jew's life or affairs. Uh, why? Uh, for the sake of some Jewish people. Meaning, so again, usually Hashem will leave it up to the angels, just kind of, who just run the nations in a more general way. Um, you know, uh, there's not that specific Hashgacha protest that, that uh, you know, the very, very focused way that, that we have. However, if it has something to do with Kosovo, then it's different. Okay.